about three to four weeks ago, I kicked off a task force that was formed uh, on agriculture workforce. Um, and, um, and it charged him, that, I mean, there's, there's 16 of us, including myself and Ranking Member Scott. There's eight Republicans, eight Democrats. Uh, we have two co-chairs, uh, Rick Crawford from Arkansas and Don Davis from North Carolina. And we're working, and I, and, and I put a time limit on it. Didn't have to, but I find that deadlines are helpful. <laughs> you can deliver, you usually get better results when you put a little pressure on it and you put a deadline. So we did a six-month deadline. And they're off and running. They had their first three meetings. They have a couple objectives. The first two, first two of three objectives are identify what are the variables that are impacting the lack of certainty when it comes to agriculture workforce, both production and processing. You can't have one without the other. And then what are the implications on food insecurity? Because whatever we would put forward would be under that banner, under that theme, under that umbrella. And then finally, uh, at the end of those six months, what are the findings, the recommendation on how we restore or build certainty into agriculture workforce? Because it is about food security. Now, we don't have jurisdiction of where that legislation would be, but I believe with working with this committee and, as many the, and get as many of the 53 members of the Agriculture Committee on board, and quite frankly, you on board, because it meets your needs, you know, we could have some probability of success of tackling what has been a very difficult issue going forward, all limited to that. So that's, that's at Proposition 12, and that's California trying to dictate how farming practices and uh, our founders did not want 13 states when they started out having trade wars. What that would do to the economy will wreck it. The complexity that would create, they certainly wouldn't want 50 states in trade wars. And so uh, we are following the, device, uh, the advice, the guidance, I guess the opinions that were published by the Supreme Court on that case, which said, and it was three of the, the, the three, three justices that made the difference that allowed Prop 12 to stand. They let us stand, if you read their opinion, they let us stand because they're tired of doing Congress's work. And they said, this needs to be fixed, and the Farm Bill is the place to address this. And as and the justices are tired of doing, the, the judicial branch is tired of doing the work of the, of the legislative branch. So we will be addressing the Prop 12 provisions. Uh, dairy, uh, thank you all those who spoke on dairy. I like to tell people I've got milk with sawdust flowing through my veins. Uh, dairy is pretty important to me, obviously, a state like uh, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, thank you for all of you that have helped uh, support Whole Milk for Healthy Kids. I got a, a great shout out during this. I would encourage you to weigh in with your senators. We, we did, this is not in the purview of the Education of the Agriculture Committee. It's Education Workforce, but we did pass the Whole Milk for Healthy Bill 26 to 13, strongly bipartisan out of the Education Committee. And I uh, feel pretty confident we'll, we'll have that on the House floor sometime this fall. Uh, where I need your help is to weigh in with the senators. Uh, we have great support, bipartisan, tripartisan support. We have an independent senator supporting it as well in the Senate, but we, we need 60 votes in the Senate. Uh, and we're working on modernizing the dairy margin coverage. Uh, nutrition, nutrition's really important. You know, I, we're, we, we're really proud, actually, the fact it's a rural value that neighbors help neighbors in need. And that's what the nutrition title does. 
Now I will say, for those who want more money, the, the Farm Bill is $1.5 trillion over 10 years. $1.2 trillion is nutrition. It is called supplemental. It's not fulfilling all of a family's nutritional needs. And so there are four principles. I've always been a robust supporter of the nutrition title. We're not going to split that title out from the rest of the Farm Bill, as far as I'm concerned. Those four principles, though, are, are pretty straightforward when it comes to nutrition. And that's not just SNAP. It's, it's the Emergency Food Assistance Program, TFAP, which is our food banks and food, food pantries. And a term I learned today I haven't heard anywhere else, food shelves. That's a first for me. Um, and, and it's an investment, that much money is investment in SNAP employment and, and career and technical education and SNAP education. Um, those four principles are innovation and, uh, uh, innovation and flexibility. Uh, it is uh, not just food security, it's financial security. Um, that's important. Uh, it is uh, uh, program integrity. There's not a lot a fraud within the nutrition title, but there is some that does occur. We see it reported in the news from time to time. It's all anecdotal, but none of it's acceptable. And so we have a responsibility to make sure we do everything we can to end the opportunity for, for, for fraud. And then, uh, uh, and finally, it's healthy eating. I used to call it nutrition, but you know, in the federal government, we have no definition of what's nutritional. It's just too hard to wrap your arms around on what is nutritional. But we know that health is important to each individual, and there's nothing more fundamental to health than good, healthy foods. And so those are those four principles. Uh, uh, I got to do a shout out. Thank you to whoever stood up and talked about Food for Peace. Uh, we're an Army dad. I'm an Army dad, Army family. Um, um, what little bit of travel I've done around the world, I find it uh, a truism that people with full bellies are less likely to engage in war and terrorism, and that, that food is a better investment than bullets, um, bullets and blood. And so uh, uh, I'm a, that's just a personal thing. I think John was the one that brought that up. And John, thank you for that. The Food for Peace, for all the more that we invest, it prevents us deploying our troops in a lot of different parts of the world. So, and then finally, climate. And I always, uh, I'll be quite honest with you, I absolutely uh, believe that uh, ag is and always has been um, climate friendly. Agriculture is. Uh, there, is uh, there is no better climate heroes in the world than the American farmer, rancher, forester, in our processors. And the data shows that. Uh, the data says that uh, American agriculture, so that's, that's crops, livestock, and trees, that, we, that sequesters annually 6.1 gigatons of carbon annually. Now, I don't know how big a gigaton is, but it sounds huge, right? Somebody did on the committee did point out one time and explain it to me, and I still didn't get it. But I like the fact they did tell me so do you know what the definition of a gigaton, or the abbreviation for gigaton is? GT. So, so I, I, I thought that was a big deal. I kind of like that, right? But the research goes on to show that the American farmer, and using that term broadly, including processing, we sequester 10.1% more carbon than what we admit. The American farmer is not a carbon criminal. The American farmer is a carbon hero. Now, it's also... 
it's science, technology, and innovation. And so it's not static, it's dynamic. And there are some new, there are additional advancements and research we can continue to do. But I get really upset when, some, when folks will portray, uh, who fail to recognize what Amer the American farmer does, not just for jobs, not just for nutrition, not just for food security, but for the environment and for the climate. And so bottom line is we all have to tell that story a little better uh, and more effectively, because it's a great, great story to tell. So as I said, I think I said before, there's one goal when it comes to the Farm Bill. And that is we do this in thousands of objectives, but that one goal is that we pass this bill in a uh, bipartisan, bicameral way, on time, and highly effective. And your input today is helping us achieve that highly effective. Uh, the productivity of American agriculture has increased, well, it was 287% since the 1940s. But with this inflation, it's down to about 279%. But it's still remarkable that nobody does it better where anywhere in the world. Our goal with the 2023 Farm Bill is we provide you all the tools that we take that increase in productivity since the 1940s to 400%. And we can do that. You know, if American farm families fail, every American farm family, every American family fails. And we can't let that happen. Uh, I encourage you to continue to get input, as you've heard, into this 2023 Farm Bill. But I want to remind you, the clock is ticking. And we're starting to write. And uh, so I encourage you to give input. By, but if you haven't done it yet, I encourage you to uh, give input very quickly. That said, really appreciate everybody in here. This is the, uh, I believe it's the, the uh, 51st uh, Farm Bill listening session around the country. Uh, we have a few more scheduled here for the month ahead, and I appreciate everybody coming, and this listening session is officially adjourned. <laughs>